Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. One of the films that's currently showing in our area is called Don't Look Up. It's a satire on our head-in-the-sand approach to climate change. In the film, some astronomers discover a comet that will smack right into Earth in less than six months. But no one, from the president on down, will pay any attention, much as sometimes seems to be the case with climate change today. After all, all that climate stuff, or in the movie, all that comet stuff, if it's real at all, it's just in the future. We don't worry ourselves much about the future. That's the realm of science fiction writers. Or maybe not. The future has a way of eventually becoming the present, often much faster than we think. Much of what past science fiction writers have imagined has already come to pass, after all, and we've not always been very well prepared to deal with it. Alas, the same may be true of what we humans treasure the most about ourselves, our minds and what they contain, our most personal and secret thoughts and hopes and yearnings. Regular listeners may recall that in a recent edition of The Electronic Cottage, we pondered some of the implications of BCIs, brain-computer interfaces, tools that can, even at this very early stage of their development, enable humans to use their brains to control outside objects, like the cursors on their computers, or, we hear, military drones on a battlefield, simply by thinking, and then having those thoughts interpreted and turned into action by digital technology without the thinker having to move a muscle. Of course, what goes one way can often go the other. In the December 6, 2021 edition of The New Yorker magazine, for example, there's an article entitled, quote, Headspace, with the tagline, quote, researchers are pursuing an age-old question. What is a thought? End quote. That is an amazingly complicated question, and at present at least, the complete answer is somewhere in the future. But as we've observed over and over in the world of science and technology, the future has a way of becoming the present, often when we're not expecting it. BCIs, those brain-computer interfaces, have the potential not only to be enormously helpful for some uses, for example, to allow people who can't move or speak to communicate with the outside world, they also have at least the potential to enable our thoughts to be accessed by others, maybe with our permission, maybe without. It's that thought-reading potential, which one scientist in the New Yorker places far in the future, 20 years or more, which we should begin preparing for now. After all, if this researcher is correct, then statistically speaking, an average person who is 60 years old today will still be alive when this mind-reading technology becomes real, as will anyone under 60 today and all the generations to come. It is, in part, this not-so-fictional science that led the future of Privacy Forum, in cooperation with IBM, to release a report in November of 2021 entitled, quote, Privacy and the Connected Mind, Understanding the Data Flows and Privacy Risks of Brain-Computer Interfaces, end quote. 
It's very accessible to and understandable by almost anyone. We'll put a link to that report on the page for today's program in the archives section at www.weru.org. It's worth thinking about the kinds of sectors in our world where brain-computer interfaces are already having, or will have in the very near future, a big effect. From the report, quote, Some uses of BCI technologies raise important questions about how laws, policies, and technical controls can safeguard inferences about individuals' brain functions, intentions, moods, or identity. These questions are increasingly urgent in light of the many potential applications of expanded use of BCIs in healthcare, where BCIs could monitor fatigue, diagnose medical conditions, stimulate or modulate brain activity, and control prosthetics and external devices. Gaming, where BCIs could augment existing gaming platforms and offer players new ways to play using devices that record and interpret their neural signals. Employment and industry, where BCIs could monitor workers' engagement to improve safety during high-risk tasks, alert workers or supervisors to dangerous situations, modulate workers' brain activity to improve performance, and provide tools to more efficiently complete tasks. Education, where BCIs could track student attention, identify students' unique needs, and alert teachers and parents of student progress. Smart cities, where BCIs could provide new avenues for communication, for construction teams and safety workers, and enable potential new methods for connected vehicle control. Neuromarketing, where marketers could incorporate the use of BCIs to intuit consumers' moods and to gauge product and service interest. Military, where governments are researching the potential of BCIs to help rehabilitate soldiers' injuries and enhance communication. End quote. This list is overall quite positive sounding, and as we said earlier, there are numerous fine actual and potential uses of BCIs and the related neural interpretive technology that can be of great value. But even in this positive sounding list, there are a number of potential red flags. Things like in the employment and industry section, quote, modulate workers' brain activity to improve performance, end quote, or, quote, neuromarketing, where marketers can incorporate the use of BCIs to intuit consumers' moods and to gauge product and service interest, end quote. And lest we imagine, like some today with climate change or like the politicians in the Don't Look Up movie, that all of these applications are far in the future, the report emphasizes that, quote, while the potential uses of BCIs are numerous, BCIs cannot at present or in the near future read a person's complete thoughts, serve as an accurate lie detector, or pump information directly into the brain. End quote. If the near future is less than 20 years, the report may well be correct. But what happens in 20 years? Is it possible that we should now be thinking about and planning for the day when the thing that most of us consider our most important human attribute, 
our minds, could become accessible to instruments and observers outside of ourselves with or without our permission? Or are we, like most of the people in Don't Look Up, running the risk of being seriously and tragically surprised when the future becomes the present to many folks who are alive today and to all of our children? We'd opt for some planning, and we'll take a look at some of the ideas of those who have also made that choice, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.